everybody. This is Jennifer Tamborski, digital marketing strategist and CEO at Virtual Marketing Experts. And if you want to learn the six and seven figure science to success, significantly increase your revenue and learn how to successfully build professional relationships, you should be listening to the Sell Without Selling podcast with my good friend, Stacey O'Byrne. If you're ready to get out of your own way to follow the seven-figure science of success, then welcome to Sell Without Selling. Tune in with renowned international speaker Stacey O'Byrne as she shows you how mastering relationships, achieving the proper mindset, and attaining the necessary motivation will catapult you away from failure and onto your journey to greatness. And now, here is your host, Stacey O'Byrne. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Sell Without Selling. I'm your host, Stacey O'Byrne, and today I'm speaking with a really good friend of mine, Jennifer Tamborski. Jennifer is a digital marketing strategist and CEO for Virtual Marketing Experts. Jennifer loves teaching business owners the skills and strategies they need to create, build, and grow profitable online businesses. Jennifer and her team of experts work with business owners to grow their businesses, remove marketing overwhelm, increase their revenue, and scale their impact. I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. And really quick, before we get into this conversation with Jennifer, because I got to tell you, I'm so excited for you to hear what it is she has to share today. I want to go over something with you. Reality is, if you're a business owner, an entrepreneur, or sales professional, and you haven't hit the levels of success that you needed, wanted, and desire, and you're ready to get out of your way so that you can get on your way, let me share with you, if you have technology, computers, tablets, smartphones, and you're constantly buying new technology, and you're constantly updating that technology, when was the last time that you really updated your brain? That's the computer operating system that drives your success. If you are ready to really have the results that you've always dreamed of, desired, and deserved, I invite you to go over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. That'll give you an opportunity to have a quick phone call with me to see how we can help move you out of your way so that you can finally have your way. Now, let's get on with today. Jennifer, thanks so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Oh, man, it's my pleasure. I know you got a really busy schedule, and I'm so, so excited for you to share all your golden nuggets with our listeners. So I'm, I'm really curious, whatever got you into digital marketing anyway? Oh, that's a long circuitous road of, I actually started my business as a virtual assistant and I started before virtual assistants were a thing. Who I ended up working for were marketers because they were working the internet. They saw what the internet could become. Mm -hmm. And I spent a lot of time working with them, absorbing their knowledge, understanding, learning all of those aspects of digital marketing and focusing on the digital world before I jumped into it myself. I've spent the last, you know, I guess five years focusing on helping business owners really understand digital marketing and moving their business forward in it. Mm -hmm. so, so how did you go from being a virtual assistant to a digital marketer? That's like a heck of a business plan pivot. It is, and it's not. It's the skills. The skills can be comparable between the two. It's understanding the knowledge that comes behind it. So a lot of training, a lot of learning, a lot of taking courses, and some of it was trial and error, right? Like some of the things that I tried for my own business, or I saw the marketers I was working for trying, really just gave me that hands-on education that you don't get in college, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> As entrepreneurs, that's one of the things we always miss, right? That hands-on yeah. stuff in college, so. so. So what took you down the journey of being an entrepreneur? Funny enough, I've been thinking about this for the last couple of weeks. And one of the realizations I had was that my entire family has been entrepreneurs. 
I didn't, it wasn't something that I really recognized. You know, my grandpa was an entrepreneur. My mom, he owned his own business. My mom was a real estate agent, which is pretty much an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. My favorite story is my great grandma who was an entrepreneur. She owned her own business as a woman before women had the right to vote. Oh, wow. And yeah, so she's, she's a hoot, but you know, long story short, she owned a bowling alley. Then she owned during prohibition. She owned a, um, well, alcohol sales. Mm-hmm. And this is my favorite part. She used to um, patch up gangsters' cars. The belittles <laughs> in gangsters' cars. Yeah, I want to meet. I want to meet your grandma one day. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. But that's you know, it's something that I think has been passed down. And what mm-hmm. really ended up pushing me in an entrepreneur position is that I wanted more work-life harmony. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to be home with my kids and still using my brain, being able to do something that I, I found productive in the world. Mm. So, so what did you, did, did you ever have a job? I did. I worked in corporate um, for probably about four or five years after college. Mm-hmm. Um, and I worked in on uh, Oddly enough, sales and marketing as an executive assistant. Gotcha. <laughs> so, gotcha. and I had an awesome VP of of uh, sales and marketing that used to pull me into all of their stuff. He used to just bounce ideas off of me. We'd have these amazing conversations. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's phenomenal. So, so I'm curious. I, I mean, I, I I've known you for several years. What inspires you? Be and, and the reason why I ask is, is because I know that, that success leaves clues for people. And when people can hear what inspires and drives successful people, it can help them look for things like that in their life as well. Yeah. So what really inspires me to continue to grow my business is really the possibilities of what I can do, right? Like how I can help people. I have this belief that coaches have the ability to change the world. Mm. By helping them get their message out there, I get to have a hand in helping to change the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so that impact um, that I get to leave is a big driving force in my business. And it's also about being able to provide my family what I want them to have, Mm -hmm. you know, all of the things and and the experiences that I want to be able to to give to them as well. Mm -hmm. So I heard that your husband is uh, excited about entrepreneurism as well. He's getting there. Yeah. So he actually has spent a lot of time in the corporate world, he's still in corporate in, mm-hmm. um, he's a sales manager. He's been looking, the more he sees my business grow and the possibilities, he's been looking more and more towards, okay, what can I do that doesn't have someone looking over my shoulder? What can I do to be on my own and have my own business and my own schedule? Mm-hmm. Sometimes entrepreneurs uh, awaken for, for very specific reasons. I, I think that's phenomenal. What, um, what does success mean to you, Jen? I think there are layers to success, right? So one of the things for my business that success means to me is helping my clients get to the point that they want to get at, get Mm -hmm. to, like, Mm -hmm. I care about my clients' business almost as much as they do. So it's a drive to make them be able to get what they want. It's also, I mean, there are money pieces to it, but that's not really the goal, right? It's really about having that life that I've always wanted, that Mm. harmony in my life that I've always wanted, being able to be there for my family whenever I need to be, um, Mm. and getting to do all of the things with them that we've always wanted to be. So, so, so I'm, I'm curious, what is selling for you? How do you define selling? I have, I'll honestly say, I don't know that I've ever actually sold, like Mm. actively sold something. Like I go Mm -hmm. to buy a car and you can see a salesperson coming, right? You, you can see that, that sales. I don't know that I've actively sold. I tend to educate 
talk to them about where they're at, what they want, where they want to go and help them see what we can do to get them there. And if we're mm-hmm. a good fit, fabulous. And if we're not, that's okay too. Nice. So, so I want to talk about the C word and, and the C word is the comfort zone. And, you know, I, I find that, that so many entrepreneurs and business owners and sales professionals find this gray area, right? It's the area where comfort meets discomfort and things are just okay, right? I mean, I see people stay in their comfort zone and that that zone is so uncomfortable because they're barely making ends meet. And for me, I can't see how that would be comfortable because it's kind of stress inducing, right? Or they, they know they're not tapping into their potential or their dreams or, you know, fill in the blank, whatever is in that zone for them. So I'm really curious as to your opinion of, of the purpose of the comfort zone and then how it's impacted you staying in it and how it's impacted you getting out of it. So I think the comfort zone isn't really about whether you're comfortable in that zone. It's not, there may be a lot of uncomfort, physical, emotional, mental uncomfort in that zone, but I think that zone is known. It's not so much comfort, it's what you know. And that uncomfort zone is really that unknown thing. And that's Mm -hmm. what people are scared of. Mm -hmm. You know, that back part of your brain that screams, you know, you don't know what's gonna happen next. You don't know, you don't know what's going on. And so I think that's stepping out of that zone where you know exactly what your day-to-day looks like and then stepping into something that's completely new Mm -hmm. is, it can be scary, Mm -hmm. but I also find it really exciting, Mm -hmm. right? Being able to try something new, being adventurous, being, you know, all of those things that allow you to step out of the known world and into the unknown. And I will honestly say for myself, particularly until I was able to step out of the known, right? What I knew to be and into the unknown, my business didn't flourish, right? I've, I have at every step of my business growth, had to step out of what I knew and Mm -hmm. into something new. Mm -hmm. But everyone had such benefits, such growth, both professionally and, you know, personally, that it made it worth it. Mm -hmm. How did staying in your comfort zone impact you? When I stayed in my comfort zone, I would just kind of spin, right? Just kind of spin Mm. in a circle. Like nothing was really getting done. I wasn't getting what I wanted Mm -hmm. because I wasn't willing to step out. Staying Mm -hmm. in that comfort zone, um, in that known world really had more of a negative impact on my life Mm -hmm. than stepping out of it would have. I tell my clients all the time that when you stay in what it is you know that you know, And when you are unaware of what it is you don't know that you don't know, and you don't surround yourself with opportunities to expose blind spots, you're in your comfort zone. And that comfort zone is kind of like quicksand. That comfort zone is what will suck you down into the day-to-day, into complacency, into bruised comfort, you know, because you think you're comfortable because you're going with the flow, so to speak. However, you're accepting ordinary, you're accepting average or below average, you're accepting mediocrity. And, you know, in my humble opinion, we weren't born to be ordinary. We were born to be extraordinary. And because of that, whenever people get stuck in what it is they know that they know, and they are avoiding environments that expose their blind spots, it's like this tidal wave that overcomes them of of falsehood. It, it, It keeps them held back. It's like, it's like the, the thoroughbred racehorse that is 
harnessed and and the, the, their bit is on them and they've got this all-star jockey getting ready to mount them and the all-star jockey's just waiting to climb on top. And then the thoroughbred goes out in the field and goes, well, wait a minute, I wanna think about the race first. So if you're in your comfort zone, if you only know what it is you know, and you're not in an environment where your blind spots are constantly being exposed, then you could be impacting, sacrificing so much, so much. Jen, what, what is it that, that you wish you knew that you didn't know when you first started out? Um, so when I first started, so I've been an entrepreneur for around 15 years and wow. honestly, it's more about starting sooner, like taking those chances sooner because mm. I spent a good 10 years of being an entrepreneur in that comfort zone, right? Mm -hmm. in that, that little small area where I wasn't willing, able, or even understood that there was another area for me to step into mm -hmm. um, and that I really could excel and accelerate and be have an amazing business that I love to wake up to every day mm -hmm. um, so I think if I could look back then I would probably tell myself one to get a coach right because in my opinion that's the only way I moved out of my comfort zone is by someone else kind of waving that flag mm -hmm. that, so I could see what I didn't know. Mm -hmm. um, and to be more adventurous, to be brave and really be willing to put yourself out there. Mm -hmm. Because the worst thing that happens is you learn that it wasn't what you wanted or you learn something about that situation. You're not going to die from it. Right. <laughs> You're not going to die from this. So, you know, I mean, if, if you think the worst thing that could happen is that you, you die, this isn't going to do it. Mm -hmm. This is just going to push you to be a better person and a better business owner. Nice. So you may not die by pushing yourself. However, your dreams probably could die if you avoid pushing yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so, so you brought up another C word coaching. So, you know, I, I practice what I preach. I have, I have seven coaches, as a matter of fact, a couple podcasts ago, I just recently outed myself and, uh, and shared with our listeners that I, I just made the largest investment in coaching I ever have made in my life. I mean, I, I mean, probably two and a half, three times more than I've ever, I've ever invested. And I, we're talking a, a pretty healthy six-figure investment, and I'm really excited about it. I say that to say, if you're going to talk the talk, it's important to walk the walk. So, so since you brought up coaching, what is it about the concept of coaching that you avoided for those 10 years, or however long you avoided it? I will say when I... It was more of a, I don't know what I don't know situation in those early years of my business. And then I think it was a, a lack of understanding of what a coach does and how a coach can help you. Um, because the coaches I was seeing at that time, I didn't realize there were different types of coaches, right? Mm -hmm. At the coaches I was seeing at that time were people on Oprah and I'm looking at them going, they're little, like, I don't need life coaching. I don't. And that was all of the coaching I was seeing. I needed business coaching, right? I didn't realize it at the time, but that's what I needed. Mm -hmm. um, so it was a little of a, I just don't know what I don't know mm -hmm. of what kept me avoiding it. But once I stepped into it and went, okay. I know I need a coach because I am not getting myself where I want to go. Mm -hmm. Once I stepped into that, I was just amazed at the rapid ability to change my life. Hmm. 
So, so what, what kind of things got exposed for you when you started coaching? When I first started coaching, it was that I was scattered, right? Like I knew what I didn't want, but I couldn't articulate what I wanted. Right. And being able to say what I didn't want didn't help me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I needed to know what I wanted out of my business, out of my life, out of you know all of those kind of things in order to actually get them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a huge shift in mm-hmm. in what I was doing and in my business. Nice, nice. So 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 I'm really curious. Um, now that you've been coaching. What, what has happened with your business? So since I started coaching, my business growth has doubled every year. Mm-hmm. And I'm now on a trajectory to double. Go ahead, her. say it. Say okay. it. <laughs> a trajectory to hit a million dollars. There you go. My goal for 2021 is to hit a million dollars in my business. And then I have several million after that mm, <laughs> to nice. keep growing. Nice. Um, and, and I know that I can do it. And mm-hmm. that, I think that's one of the biggest things that coaching has helped me move through is the knowledge that this isn't hard. Business isn't hard, which I never thought business was hard, but I had a lot of limits mm-hmm. on what kind of business I could create, how much I could make, all of those kind of things, all those mental gremlins. Mm-hmm. Um, but this doesn't have to be hard. It's mm-hmm. actually quite easy and it's a lot of fun once you step into it. Right. You know, for me, I, I have a belief that that's that success is 90% mindset, 10% skill set. That that's just my belief. And and I find that that when we harness the empowerment of the itty bitty shitty committee and take it from throwing fits to stepping into action and and owning its power, then what happens is everything after that just has to do with implementation and massive action on a very solid plan. And that's kind of where people fail. You know, like, like you had said, you were really good at saying what it is you didn't want and knowing what it is you didn't want didn't help you in achieving what it is you wanted. Well, there's so much more to that because once you get out of what it is you don't want and get into what it is you want, then it's being able to take it from the macro and drilling it down to the micro. And that's where people really, really drop the ball because reality is if you're in it, you can't see on it, right? I tell people the only way that, that your business is ever going to work is if you stop working it. It's important to get out of working in your business and get into working on your business. That is exactly what I've been telling my, my clients mm-hmm. for the longest time. And taking that same approach to your own business, that's what made my business able to accelerate is me working on it instead of in it. And, and I want, I, I want the listeners to hear that she is a coach. She, she, she helps people develop digital marketing strategies. And she just said one of the biggest problems she has in her business is things she helps people who hire her as a coach to do for their business. This just amplifies what I'm saying. When you're part of the problem, you can't be part of the solution. You need multiple eyes on your opportunity so that they can harness your talents so you can run with it with clarity. But if you're stuck in the minutia, it's not ever going to happen because things are going to keep coming at you because you can't see through it. Is that accurate? That's completely accurate. I mean, I will say... When I started my business and I was working in it, I'm working on all of my clients' things, which are incredibly important. However, it didn't get my business progressing because Mm -hmm. I was focusing on my clients instead of my business. And there's a way to do both, right? Every business owner gets to learn how to do both. They, They work with their clients, they help their clients, and they also get to spend time working on their business. Mm -hmm. And without those extra eyes, 
whether it's, you know, a coach or your finance or your accountant, your whatever, your CFO, um, those extra eyes kind of looking into your business to say, you know, you're kind of off here. Mm-hmm. It really becomes difficult to see the, the full picture of your own business. Yeah, absolutely. So, so this concept of digital marketing, I mean, this is a huge world, right? What, what is digital marketing? So digital marketing is really, well, it's the primary way people market right now. (laughs) So when you think about digital marketing, it's pretty much anything that goes online. And if you don't have an online presence, let's be honest, you really don't exist in this world. <laughs> so, no, not not in the pandemic right now. I mean, so many people not. went from uh, an offline relational presence to getting locked behind closed doors and not being able to interact with people. The best part about digital marketing is you still get to interact with people. Yep, yep. It's just so, in a different way. So, so drill it down. Let, let's take, let's take the, the, the technology out of digital marketing and, and let's just speak it layman terms. Like, is it, I, for me, there's a difference between social media marketing and digital marketing. Absolutely. So, so, so drill it down for them. There's absolutely pieces of digital marketing. So what I focus on is really about relationships, right? My whole shtick, if you will, my whole marketing approach is dating your ideal client Mm -hmm. because it's really about building a relationship with that ideal person, that audience um, that brings them in the door. So it introduces, I have five steps to it, right? So we have introduction where people learn who you are and what you do. Mm -hmm. And then I call it the flirting stage, which is really just about communicating with them, warming them up, really introducing them into the more in depth of how you can help them solve their problem. Mm -hmm. Um, We move to dating, which is where we take it off of social media or off of um, some outside aspect of something that you don't own and into your email list, because let's be honest, that's the only thing that you actually own when it comes to the digital world. Um, And it's really about connecting with them. Just like in life with with dating somebody, it's about talking and and connecting and and showing them how you can help them into commitment, which is when they're gonna buy from you, right? It's that big ticket offer, whatever your your thing is Mm -hmm. that you're selling, and then I, I, the fifth stage is something that most people forget, which is keeping the romance alive. Mm-hmm. Just like in a relationship, you need to continue to um, connect with your audience and your clients because that's what turns them into raving fans. That's what gets those, you know, referrals and those, you know, the the people that come back to you and buy every freaking thing you sell over and over again. Um, so those five stages are. They can be as long or short as needed for your audience. And it all depends on what you're selling on the length of those stages Mm -hmm. um, and who your audience is on the length of those stages. So that's kind of the five steps of digital marketing that we use. We primarily focus on funnels and driving traffic through ads. And that's kind of where we differ from social media marketing. So social media marketing is all about the introduction phase. It's all about, you know, the introduction and the flirting phase, getting their content out there, connecting with. Um, And then we come in, we work with social media marketers to connect all of those phases into one brand. So you have a clear message, a clear customer journey, and those people that find you can go from introduction to purchasing mm-hmm. without the overwhelm of what to do next. Yeah, yeah. So you you heard me say earlier that 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 I have seven coaches, and I just recently made a huge investment in another coach, uh, which is going to be my new business coach. I actually said his name a couple episodes ago. It's it's Jay Abraham. So I'm really, really excited about that. Uh, so for me, a business 
needs, needs to have a business coach. Now, whether or not your business coach can also be a mindset coach is, is, is dependent upon who it is you obtain. I just so happen to be a success strategist. So I work on business strategy as well as mindset. I work on the entrepreneur holistically, right? Because I believe that, that the personal drives the professional and the professional serves the personal, right? So, so for me, I work on entrepreneurs holistically. Jen just so happens to be my digital marketing coach and we're getting ready to hire a new social media coach that I'm really excited about starting with. That's where my business is. I also have uh, a financial coach for my business uh, who also advises me personally, you know, and I've got a health coach and a spiritual coach. I mean, I, I look at the life wheel and that's how I've hired my coaching because that's what's worked for me. I, I think the, the business coach the digital marketing coach and your social media coach are relevant for a business to have a successful posture at a minimum. That's what entrepreneurs need because if you have one without the other two, uh, you're going to be crippled. It's kind of like a tripod with one leg or, or, uh, or a tripod with two legs, you know, one leg supports the other. What do you think about that? I agree wholeheartedly. When you talk about having a business coach slash mindset coach, I think that is essential because you have to get out of your way. Just like you said, get out of your way to get on your way. You, you also need a clear plan. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So you need to have an idea of what it is you want your business to do. Having social media is an amazing thing and I believe necessary in this world. And it often doesn't take the person off of social media, mm -hmm. right? Their, their social media presence is essential, but if they're not moving off of it into the next step of your digital marketing plan, which is generally your sales funnel, you're losing all of this audience, right? People yeah. can watch you all day long, but if they don't have a next step, there's no point. Yeah, no, they can absolutely. To your podcast, they can listen, they can watch your, your videos, you, they can do all of that kind of stuff. But if they don't have someplace to go next, then they're just watching you and you're giving them free information yep. without drawing in yep. your client. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so Jen, I'm curious, I'm, I'm going to ask you a two-part question. So what's the best advice that you can give someone who hasn't achieved the level of success that they want to yet in business? That's part one. And then in digital marketing as, as part two. So part one, I'm going to say what I said earlier, find yourself a coach, find yourself somebody that understands business and that understands, I would, if you're not going to have two business and mindset, you need somebody that understands both because you have to get out of your own way. Mm -hmm. um, and in the digital marketing realm, this is kind of a, a three-step process. One, have a very clear message, right? You know what you sell and your business coach should be able to help you pull that information out, mm -hmm. right? What is, what is it that you sell, how you sell it? Have one clear message that's consistent throughout your entire brand. Two know who your ideal client is. Having an ideal client means being able to speak to one person in a way they can hear. Mm -hmm. When you speak to everybody, nobody listens. Yep. So speaking to one person allows you to attract that person as well as those other people that like your message. They may not be that ideal client, but they still hear you and they like your message and they come. And then the third part of that is have one customer journey that takes them from introduction to commitment, one purchase product, one thing that they're going to do until you are successful with that. And then you can start adding in additional pieces. And successful for you may be relative. I personally think until you're hitting roughly almost seven figures with that one product, don't start adding in more products. As soon as you add in more products, you're, 
ideal audience gets confused. Mm -hmm. So just make sure that you have one clear customer journey that will take them through every step of your business um, and sell whatever it is that you're selling. Mm -hmm. So you're telling people to be a one hit wonder, really? Or, or is that what you're focusing on in marketing? That's what you're focusing on in marketing. Okay, and I'm not go. saying be a one hit wonder. That funnel could have different steps where people are paying you for services, gotcha. but you need to have it connected. What I often see are business owners that say, especially coaches, because they'll say things like, you know, I have, you know, I sell this product. Oh, I just came up with this new idea to do <laughs> something else. And right. then they're trying to, you know, incorporate all of it. Well, this idea is probably fantastic, but if it doesn't connect to your original idea, yeah. it does you no good. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I tell people it's really important to build a funnel and that funnel must spiral from one level to the next and hook on so that it pulls people, moves people through. Because reality is we, we as solution providers get to meet people where they're at so that we can take them where they want to go. And reality is if it took them five years, 10 years, 15, 20, 30, 40 years to get to where they're at, eh, I'm not so sure it's going to get solved in a 30 minute exercise. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And that's part of a funnel, right? That's part of make, when I say have one thing that you sell, your entire funnel should be focused. Yep on the one big ticket item that you sell, especially as a core, as a coach. Mm -hmm. like if mm -hmm. you're selling as a coach, one-on-one -on -one coaching, every step of your funnel should drive them to one-on-one -on -one coaching. That doesn't mean that you can't make money in your funnel along the way. Sometimes you may have an ideal client that isn't ready for your services. So produce something that gets them ready for your yeah. services yeah. and have them pay for it. Nice. That's still a part of the funnel, but it still drives them to your main core thing. Yeah, yeah, they're they're related. Brilliant strategy. So, so, so we both know the statistics of entrepreneurs and small businesses and independent sales professionals. Ninety-seven percent typically don't make it, right? Yeah. So, so the statistics. Why do you think? the statistics are so high. Why do you think so many, I'm going to use the F word, fail? They give up. Mm. I think the two, the two requirements I have to work with someone is that they have a foundation of their business, right? It's mm. very clear what it is they do, what it is they sell, and they have a commitment level. They have to be committed, not just to the marketing, but to their business, to doing everything in their business that is required to make their business successful. Mm -hmm. And I think people so often fail, right? They get that, they have that F word. And rather than looking at that as a learning, okay, this didn't work. Let mm -hmm. me see what's gonna work. Mm -hmm. and again, they give up. So, so then what's your advice to someone who is floundering, who is struggling? How do they stay motivated to keep going? So I, again, I'm going to fall back on coaches, right? <laughs> um, having, you believe in coaching a little bit, don't you? Right? <laughs> okay, there you go. Having somebody where you can turn to um, and say, I'm struggling, right? Mm. And sometimes if you're at a place in your business where you you don't think you can afford a coach using a friend or a mastermind group or something like that, that can help you along. I, you have to have a really honest friend. Yeah. I was going to push back on the friend yeah, thing. You have to have a really, you have to know that that person is going to look at you and go, yeah, that really sucked. And it's okay. Try again. So, so for me, for me, um, I'm going to lovingly uh, talk about that point for, for a second. For me, I believe that birds of a feather flock together. I believe that part of that comfort zone, part of that gray area is we surround ourselves with people who are like us. Because yeah. people who are like us, like us. So there's a high probability if we are getting very certain results 
there's a possibility, probability that the people we're surrounded by are getting the same results or lack thereof. So when you reach out to that friend, I say in air quotes, you're taking a possibility of taking advice from someone who is blind as you are. Maybe we re-say re that and say mentor, right? Because mm -hmm. I look at, you know, a coach is someone you generally pay for their services and a mentor you might pay, but quite often that's somebody that's at that next level above you that is willing to give you that tug that you mm -hmm. need, that mm -hmm. support that you need. Mm -hmm. I um, like that. I like that. Uh, now, now I, I want to go back to the core factor you just brought up, you know, that, that, that money word. Mm -hmm. If you can't afford it, reality is choice is a powerful thing and suffering is always optional. I believe affordability is wrapped around choices I agree. because, you know, it's funny. I had someone who, well, I, I know for a fact choices they made created their financial situation and they would stand in front of me with their Starbucks cup. And I know that they ate out three times a day ate out. And I'm not talking drive through dollar menu. I'm not talking that. I'm talking a sit down 15, 18, $20 breakfast, you know, a $15, $20 lunch, a 15, $20 dinner. They didn't like to cook. So mm -hmm. they went out two to three meals a day and had Starbucks once to twice a day. If you, and it, yeah, if you break that down per month, you can get into a coaching program. Period. That is so true. And that's why I said, if you don't think you can afford, because the reality is you can always afford it if you want it badly enough. Mm -hmm. So if what you want is your business, whatever version that is, if that's really what you want, you can afford what it takes to make it successful. I mean, I mean, reality is if you want a business, it's important to treat it like a business. Mm -hmm. And that is invest in it. It requires revenue so that the revenue is a platform to where the business can grow on, right? And it's got to be an investment. We, that, that's why we track ROI, return on investment. Exactly. Now, if you want a hobby, we throw money at hobbies, right? Or we don't, we just do it. So I tell people all the time. If you treat it like a business, it'll pay you like a business. If you treat it like a hobby, it's going to cost you like a hobby. Most flexible person in every situation is going to cre create and control that situation. So stop telling yourself you can't do something and figure out how you can. If you're constantly getting the same results over and over and over again, it's important to change the actions that are creating those results. And if you're part of the problem, you can't be part of the solution. So insert yourself into a coaching environment, whether it's group coaching, that's, that's a very inexpensive investment, right? A mastermind, it's a very inexpensive investment. Now, look, when I say inexpensive, I get that's a relative term. However, the, three, the 350, the 500, $1,000 a month that you pay to insert yourself into a group environment is far less expensive than losing your house, losing your car, losing your dreams, not making, earning the type of money that you could or losing money. You know, I meet so many people out there that talk about their million dollar PhD and they got it from the school of hard knocks. To me, that's expensive. Mm -hmm. When you hire a coach, that's an investment. When you choose not to, that's expensive. I people agree. ask me all the time, hey Stace, how much does it cost to work? How much do you charge for, co for coaching? Or how much does it cost to coach? And I laugh and I say to work with me or not work with me because it's a lot cheaper to work with me than it is to not work with me. Right. Absolutely. So what, type, what type of mistakes, <laughs> what type of mistakes do you see people making in digital marketing? 
<laughs> and I'm just going to take a nap now because I'm sure you can give like a laundry list of a thousand things very quickly. <laughs> I will, I'll give you the five top five. And I've, I've already kind of said, not understanding who your audience is. Like mm -hmm. you need to know that audience inside out, upside down. You need to know their demographics, their psychographics, which really means what they think and feel and all of where they're hanging out, who they're listening to, who they're following, all of that kind of information is vital when it comes to your marketing. Selling too many shiny objects, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You have an idea, especially as a coach, you have an idea, you have a million ideas. Awesome. When you try to sell them all, your audience is confused. A confused audience is never going to buy from you. Exactly. Confused people take zero action. Exactly. So um, making sure that you have those pieces in place is essential. Having a message, a consistent, cohesive message throughout your entire brand. Your brand is more than your logo and your colors. Your brand is your values and your, your messaging and all of those pieces that go into having a business. You, you get to make sure that they are consistent throughout mm -hmm. your entire um, marketing. And then really trying to do it alone. Mm. I mean, that's the biggest mistake I see people make. Whether oh, they you mean the homeschooled mechanics. Exactly. Oh, exactly. the people that look that 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 watch YouTube to teach them everything. Right. DIY is great when you're refinishing a cabinet, not so much when you're trying to grow a business. I don't know. I disagree with that refinishing a cabinet thing. <laughs> I had a friend that um, had to replace all their cabinets because they DIY'd it. That was a $40,000 mistake. <laughs> That's all dependent on your skill level, right? <laughs> Here's the reality. You can learn digital marketing, mm -hmm. but the question becomes, how much time do you want to invest in that? And how much time do you really want to grow your business? Good point. Good point. If you are investing all your time in learning digital marketing, you're neglecting your actual business and, and growing your business. So, you know, we can all learn every aspect of our business, but I'll tell you right now from someone who's getting audited by the tax people, by the IRS, yeah. it is much better to have an accountant to deal with this because yeah. I don't have to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she knows what she's talking about. Yeah, so, yeah. Exactly. so it is much better to have a professional that knows what they're doing than trying to do it yourself. Yeah, that's, that's great advice. So, so how has, I'm going to use the F word since we brought it up. How has failure been instrumental in you achieving success? I learn every time I fail, right? I learn, I learn what didn't work or mm -hmm. sometimes I learned what I didn't like, right? When I started as a digital marketer, I was doing a lot of things that I didn't really like right? Mm -hmm. Social media marketing is not where my joy comes in. Mm -hmm. I will gladly hand that off to somebody who loves doing social media marketing. Mm -hmm. I love doing the backend pieces of digital marketing and the analytics and the numbers and all of those kind of things. So I would prefer to stay there, but it allowed me, failing allowed me to see that piece of my business that wasn't working. Mm -hmm. um, so then so you didn't fail. If, if, if you found out what didn't work, then you just moved through something quicker. How, okay, so, so I have a rule with myself. And before I share that rule, I'll, I'll ask you the question to avoid influencing your answer. So how long do you allow yourself to sit in your failure? Oh, um, <laughs> well, that all depends on what the failure was. Okay. Uh, that's what I use my coaches for, right? Like I turn around, I'm like, okay, I screwed up. I need like mindset work, whatever it is that's mm -hmm. going on with this failure and really to learn what it is that I did that mm -hmm. was a failure. I don't really look, I don't like the word failure because it's not, it's just teaching me what didn't work or what I can do better or how I can help um, my clients more, um, so Okay, so for me, 
Because trust me when I tell you, the bigger you get, the bigger the F-bombs. And right. the F-bomb is the failure bomb, right? So, so for me, I, I have a role. And, and it is a contract that I have with myself. It's actually in my operating agreement. So when I drop the F-bomb, that's the failure bomb. When I drop the F-bomb and it explodes and I see it, right? Because I can't respond to it till I see it. Because when you see it, you can learn from it. When you learn from it, you can fix it, right? I see it and then it's like, oh. I pick up either my iPad or my iPhone, whichever's near me. I hit the timer and I sit in it for 90 seconds. You know? <laughs> that, that's my rule. I'm allowed, I'm allowed to just explode for 90 seconds. Then afterwards, right after the timer goes off, I step back and it's like, okay, what went wrong? What do I see? How, what can I do and how do I fix it? Yep. Yeah. I, I love well, honestly, I, it's what I, need to implement. <laughs> I love the 90 second throwing a fit because then the itty bitty shitty committee in my head feels like they threw their tantrum. And then when the tantrum's over, we can get into action. However, before I ever created that role, I attempted to get into action and the itty bitty shitty committee would just sit there and go, you idiot, told you. Told you, told you you couldn't do that, told you. Now, the itty bitty shitty committee throws their fit for 90 seconds, it's done, now we fix it. I love that. I'm going to start implementing that rule because I have, in the past, I've there have been failures that I would think about years later, right? <laughs> that <laughs> It's so funny when someone asks me, so, so, what didn't work out for you? It really takes an immense amount of thought for me to, 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 to remember, to figure it out. Because once that fits thrown, it's resolved because now I'm in implementation repair mode, right? right. And, I, and I have nothing to hold on to. I have nothing to beat myself up over because the fit's been thrown. So I've been doing this for a few years and uh, it's, it's been an amazing tool. It's also kind of cathartic. <laughs> I, I would imagine so, right? Like you, having, allowing your itty bitty shitty committee to throw a temper tantrum. I think that's a really good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now we, uh, I, I get to ask you the signature question of, of the show. It's one of my favorite questions to ask. And, and that, that's what does selling without selling mean to you? So I think, honestly, I think it's really good marketing. Like, I'm not going to lie. I think if you do your marketing well, you are selling without selling. You're educating people. You're giving them value. You're showing them who you are, what you do, who you serve in a way that connects with them. Mm. And that means you don't have to sell, right? Then you're not, because sales is often pushing somebody into something and allowing people to come to you because you've given them the growth opportunity to connect with you allows you to sell without selling nice you know it's funny i uh i get asked all the time what is selling without selling because i believe that regardless of who you are and what you do there's still a sales component involved in it. I, I made the, the decision to release a solo episode on selling without selling. And it's actually coming out within the next few weeks. And, and I'm really excited about it because it breaks down everything everything and and that's actually part of it. So mm -hmm. so I love your answer. So now we get to roll into one of my favorite times of the show. And this is the random round. See, because I have a belief that success leaves clues, as I had said earlier. And this, this section, the random round, I get to ask you a couple questions and your answers 
the listeners get to extract what they like or haven't implemented yet in their life. And they get to take bits and pieces and then make it applicable in their journey. And when we learn how to do things successful people have done, we can achieve it in half the time they have. So my first random round question is, what is your favorite word and why? Mm, my favorite word. Um, my favorite word lately has been clarity. Mm. And I think my favorite word changes depending on where I'm at in, in my life. And clarity, becoming very clear about what my journey is and where my life is going and what my business is doing has really helped me to accelerate um, not only my life, my business, but also the joy in it, right? Mm -hmm. Clear about what you're doing and why you're doing it and makes you happy doing it. Nice. Jen, how do you uh, decompress? How do you recharge? So I'm an introvert. So I try and find a little hidey hole. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And hence I read the digital marketing. Hence the digital marketing. Yeah. Um, so I read, I read a lot. I will actually read on my, depending on what's going on in my life, a book to two books a day. One to two books a day. I'm a very fast reader. Wow. So yeah, I, I start guess. my day out reading and I end my day out reading. Wow. Okay. So now I'm going to ask my third random round question. And as my listeners know, I rarely do that. I usually just do one or two, but because you just said that, I have to ask this question now. So how do you prefer to consume personal and professional development? I get the book thing, right? Um, so so I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give you a laundry list and kind of like share with me your thoughts on them. So books, blogs, podcasts, videos, YouTube, trainings, live or digital or virtual. So funny enough, I actually, when it comes to professional and personal development, I don't read it. I listen to it Gotcha. because I learn auditorily. Mm -hmm. So I, I love in-person trainings. Like that would be my favorite go-to being mm -hmm. in the room. Secondary to that would be either online trainings or books that I can, you know, audio books, almost every personal development book out there is audio. So you mm -hmm. can listen to them. Um, and then I would probably move into like Facebook lives, YouTube channels, those kind of things. Mm. It's funny that, that you say that because when I, when I read for pleasure, I listen to it. When I read for development, uh, I have to physically see it. And I'm it's just the opposite. <laughs> I read for pleasure. I don't watch TV. Like mm -hmm. I don't turn on TV unless I'm watching a baking show, but mm -hmm. I don't turn on TV. I will read for pleasure. And those are the books that I usually consume. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I call it, uh, the, 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 the boob tube. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I tell, you know, I coach a lot of direct salespeople. I train a lot of direct salespeople. So I always say there's no BV in TV. There's no business volume in television. Absolutely. So, Jen, it's been phenomenal talking with you today. I really enjoyed our, our conversation and I appreciate you taking out the time to come onto our show and share your golden nuggets with our listeners. If our listeners want to get a hold of you, how can they find you? So the easiest way to find me is my website. It's virtualmarketingexpert.com. Virtualmarketingexpert.com. If you we'll type make, that into any social media application, you will find us there as well. We'll make sure that's in the show notes. Thank you so much. Hey, your success is important to me. It's also important to me to make sure that these episodes are valuable to you. I would love for you to do three things right now. First, I'd love for you to hop over to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. Let's hop to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. Second, once you're done that, pop over to Facebook, pop over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community.
That's our Sell Without Selling community, both platforms. We have an immense amount of interaction. I'm in both platforms interacting with the comments and questions and everything like that. And last and definitely not least, I'd love to chat with you, give feedback on the episodes and find out any topics that you're interested in to help, make, to help me make this more powerful and helpful to you achieving the success you've always dreamed of, desired, and deserved. Head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. Let's get a 15 minute call on the schedule and see how we can be of service. Always remember this, choice is a powerful thing and suffering is always optional. Get out of your way so that you can get on your way so that you can finally have your way. Thanks so much for listening and I look forward to talking with you soon. Whether it's mastering your mindset, communication, or success, we have more ways to keep you on your journey to greatness. Be sure to visit us at pivotpointadvantage.com for exclusive online training programs, success-specific courses, and more ways to connect to Stacy directly to help you achieve the financial success you've always desired, dreamed, and deserved. That's all available on pivotpointadvantage.com.